0: The journey to finding treatments and cures for Alzheimer's disease has not met with the successes that researchers have so long been striving for. While there has been some progress recently, as two new drugs have shown some positive effects, many are now turning their focus to methods to predict and prevent the disease. Three recent studies have reported methods that offer the potential for early intervention. Medical News Today's New Model More Effective in Predicting Alzheimer's by Timothy husar and Fact Checked by Hilary Guth, published December 3, 2020. The New York Times' Alzheimer's Prediction May Be Found in Writing Tests by Gina Colata, February 1, 2021. From the University of Kentucky, Research Establishes a New Method to Predict Individual Risk of Cognitive Decline by Hilary Smith, published February 5, 2021. From the Alzheimer's Association, Why Get Tested? And from the National Institute on Aging, Participating in Alzheimer's Disease Research. And beginning with a new model more effective in predicting Alzheimer's. Scientists at Lund University in Sweden have developed a new model for predicting Alzheimer's disease in people presenting with mild cognitive impairment. The model analyzes proteins in blood samples. It is less invasive and less expensive than other prognostic tools and produces equivalent or better predictions. The authors who published their paper in the journal Nature Aging call for further large-scale studies to confirm their findings. The importance of Early Diagnoses According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Alzheimer's disease is the most common form of dementia. According to the Alzheimer's Association, approximately five and eight-tenths million older adults in the United States are living with Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is a progressive neurological disease. At its mildest, it can cause a person to experience minor memory loss, while at its most severe, it can leave a person unable to respond to the world around them. The disease typically affects people over the age of 65 years, and the risk increases as people get older. Mild cognitive impairment, such as having problems remembering things, can be an early warning sign of Alzheimer's. However, this is not always the case. Mild cognitive impairment may stay stable over time and be unrelated to Alzheimer's disease. Not knowing whether mild cognitive impairment will lead to Alzheimer's can cause anxiety for those it affects and their family. Professor Oscar Hansen, professor in neurology at Lund University, a consultant at the Clinical Memory Research Unit at Skane University Hospital, Sweden, and a corresponding author of the study, notes that many people with Alzheimer's disease currently seek care when they have only developed mild memory impairment, meaning many years before the dementia stage of the disease. However, current tests to determine whether mild cognitive impairment is likely to lead to Alzheimer's come with issues. Cerebrospinal fluid, which doctors take from a person's spine through a lumbar puncture, can reflect the brain's metabolism and pathology. Therefore, it can enable clinicians to identify Alzheimer's disease prior to the onset of severe symptoms. However, as the scientists behind the present study note, lumbar punctures are invasive and this may be off-putting for some people. Alternatively, doctors can use positron emission tomography imaging to identify early forms of Alzheimer's. However, this procedure is expensive and the technology to perform the imaging may not be available in all healthcare settings. As a consequence, the scientists behind the present study wanted to determine whether it was possible to develop a less invasive and expensive way of predicting Alzheimer's disease in people with mild cognitive impairment. Accurate predictions The scientists began by looking at biomarkers in the blood of 573 people who had mild cognitive impairment, but not dementia. Biomarkers are particular biological characteristics that can signal diseases or physiological processes. In this instance, following previous research that the scientists had conducted, the biomarkers they analyzed were two types of protein, phosphorylated tau or p-tau and neurofilament light, which were predictive of dementia in their model. They also tested the ratio of two types of beta amyloid, but this did not add anything further to the model, as Pitao proved to be the better predictor. The scientists then reviewed the participants annually for four years to assess the clinical progression of their mild cognitive impairment. The scientists found that analyzing the two blood proteins was as accurate as, and in some cases more accurate than, the analysis of cerebrospinal fluid in predicting Alzheimer's disease. As with analysis that used cerebrospinal fluid, the analysis of proteins in the blood was also more accurate than a prognosis based on a person's age, sex, education, and performance in memory tests, the current basic test. The research opens the door to less costly, more readily available, and non-invasive approaches to identifying early forms of Alzheimer's. Despite being an improvement in the current basic test the sensitivity and specificity of the new model mean that it would still wrongly identify 5% of people as having a high risk of progression to dementia and miss 50% of people who do have a high risk of progression. The researchers say that there is need to conduct these studies on larger samples to replicate the findings. In addition to this Initial evaluation the methods that are currently on offer for diagnosing Alzheimer's disease are costly and time consuming methods using positron emission tomography, cameras, and cerebrospinal fluid analyses, which are only available in certain specialist healthcare settings. Said Professor Hansen, Our goal over the last few years has been to find simple methods that can be used in primary care to make an early diagnosis and to begin treatment to relieve symptoms at an earlier stage. This will require more studies, but we have absolutely come one major step closer to our goals, he notes. To this end, the researchers have developed an app that, pending further research, they hope clinicians could use to aid the diagnosis of early Alzheimer's. And now, as a former teacher, I found this next process quite interesting. Alzheimer's prediction may be found in writing tests by Gina Colada. Is it possible to predict who will develop Alzheimer's disease simply by looking at writing patterns years before there are symptoms? According to a new study by IBM researchers, the answer is yes. And they and others say that Alzheimer's is just the beginning. People with a wide variety of neurological illnesses have distinctive language patterns that investigators suspect may serve as early warning signs of their diseases. For the Alzheimer's study, the researchers looked at a group of 80 men and women in their 80s. Half had Alzheimer's and the others did not. But seven and a half years earlier, all had been cognitively normal. The men and women were participants in the Fremingham Heart Study a long-running federal research effort that requires regular physical and cognitive tests. As part of it, they took a writing test before any of them had developed Alzheimer's that asks subjects to describe a drawing of a boy standing on an unsteady stool and reaching for a cookie jar on a high shelf, while a woman, her back to him, is oblivious to an overflowing sink. The researchers examined a subject's word usage with an artificial intelligence program that looked for subtle differences in language. It identified one group of subjects who were more repetitive in their word usage at that earlier time when all of them were cognitively normal. These subjects also made errors such as spelling words wrongly or inappropriately capitalizing them, and they used telegraphic language meaning language that has a simple grammatical structure and is missing subjects and words like the, is, and are. The members of that group turned out to be the people who developed Alzheimer's disease. The AI program predicted with 75% accuracy who would get Alzheimer's disease, according to the results published recently in The Lancet Journal. We had no prior assumption that word usage would show anything, said Ajay Rayuru, Vice President of Healthcare and Life Sciences Research at IBM Thomas J. Watson Research Center in Yorktown Heights, New York, where the AI analysis was done. Alzheimer's researchers were intrigued, saying that when there are ways to slow or stop the illness, a goal that so far remains elusive, It will be important to have simple tests that can warn early on that without intervention, a person will develop the progressive brain disease. What is going on here is very clever, said Dr. Jason Kulawish, an Alzheimer's researcher at the University of Pennsylvania. Given a large volume of spoken or written speech, you can tease out a signal For years, researchers have analyzed speech and voice changes in people who have symptoms of neurological diseases, Alzheimer's, ALS, Parkinson's, frontotemporal dementia, bipolar disease, and schizophrenia, among others. But, said Dr. Michael Weiner, who researches Alzheimer's disease at the University of California, San Francisco, the IBM report breaks new ground. This is the first report I have seen that took people who are completely normal and predicted with some accuracy who would have problems years later, he said. The hope is to extend the Alzheimer's work to find subtle changes in language use by people with no obvious symptoms but who will go on to develop other neurological diseases. Each neurological disease produces unique changes in speech, which probably occur long before the time of diagnosis, said Dr. Murray Grossman, a professor of neurology at the University of Pennsylvania and the director of the university's Frontotemporal Dementia Center. He has been studying speech in patients with a behavioral form of Frontotemporal dementia, a disorder caused by progressive loss of nerves in the brain's frontal lobes. These patients exhibit apathy and declines in judgment, self-control, and empathy that have proved difficult to objectively quantify. Speech is different, Dr. Grossman said, because changes can be measured. Early in the course of that disease, there are changes in the pace of the patient's speech, with pauses distributed seemingly at random. Word usage changes too. Patients use fewer abstract words. These alterations are directly linked to changes in the frontotemporal parts of the brain, Dr. Grossman said, and they appear to be universal, not unique to English. Dr. Adam Boxer, director of the Neurosciences Clinical Research Unit at the University of California, San Francisco, is also studying frontotemporal dementia. His tool is a smartphone app. His subjects are healthy people who have inherited a genetic predisposition to develop the disease. His method is to show subjects a picture and ask them to record a description of what they see. We want to measure very early changes, five to ten years before they have symptoms, he said. The nice thing about smartphones, Dr. Boxer added, is that you can do all kinds of things. Researchers can ask people to talk for a minute about something that happened that day, he said, or or to just repeat sounds like ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. Dr. Boxer said he and others were focusing on speech because they wanted tests that were non-invasive and inexpensive. Dr. Cheryl Corcoran, a psychiatrist at Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York, hopes to use speech changes to predict which adolescents and young adults at high risk for schizophrenia may go on to develop the disease. Drugs to treat schizophrenia may help those who are going to develop the disease, but the challenge is to identify who the patients will be. A quarter of people with occasional symptoms saw them go away, and about a third never progressed to schizophrenia, although their occasional symptoms persisted. Guillermo Cacci, an IBM researcher who was also involved in the recent Alzheimer's research, studied speech in 34 of Dr. Corcoran's patients, looking for flight of ideas, meaning the instances when patients were off track when talking and spinning off ideas in different directions. He also looked for poverty of speech, meaning the use of simple syntactic structures and short sentences. In addition, Dr. Kiji and his colleagues studied another small group consisting of 96 patients in Los Angeles, 59 of whom had occasional delusions. The rest were healthy people and those with schizophrenia. He asked these subjects to retell a story that they had just heard, and he looked for the same telltale speech patterns. In both groups, the artificial intelligence program could predict with 85% accuracy, which subjects developed schizophrenia three years later. It's been a lot of small studies finding the same signals, Dr. Corcoran said. At this point, she said, we are not at the point yet where we can tell people if they are at risk or not. Dr. Keiichi is encouraged, though he realizes the studies are still in their infancy. For us, it is a priority to do the science correctly and at scale, he said. We should have many more samples. There are more than 60 million psychiatric interviews in the U.S. each year, but none of those interviews are using the tools that we have. The author, Gina Colotta, writes about science and medicine and has twice been a Pulitzer Prize finalist. And now from the University of Kentucky... Research establishes a new method to predict individual risk of cognitive decline. By Hilary Smith. The early prognosis of high risk older adults for amnesic mild cognitive impairment, AMCI, using non invasive and sensitive neuromarkers is key for early prevention of Alzheimer's disease. A recent study published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease by researchers at the University of Kentucky establishes what they believe is a new way to predict the risk years before a clinical diagnosis. Their work shows that direct measures of brain signatures during mental activity are more sensitive and accurate predictors of memory decline than current standard behavioral testing. Many studies have measured electrophysiological rhythms during resting and sleep to predict Alzheimer's risk. This study demonstrates that better predictions of a person's cognitive risk can be made when the brain is challenged with a task. Additionally, we learned that out of thousands of possible brain oscillation measures, Left frontal brain waves during so-called working memory tasks are good predictors for dementia risk, said the lead investigator Yang Zhang, associate professor in the University of Kentucky Department of Behavioral Sciences and an affiliated faculty member at the Sanders-Brown Center on Aging, SBCOA. When looking for a specific car in a large parking lot, Older persons increasingly make more mistakes and take more time than young people due to brain and cognitive aging. Zhang says it has already been reported that brain waves associated with that type of daily memory task differ in cognitively normal older people than those of patients with memory loss and dementia. For this study, researchers followed healthy older adults for 10 years. They reported that a specific pattern of frontal brain waves during an everyday memory task predicts a person's risk of cognitive impairment roughly five years before clinical diagnosis. This pattern was not observed in older people who remained cognitively normal over the next 10 years. Chang says predicting and preventing cognitive decline is very important to allow preventive measures, such as lifestyle changes, and for researchers to help achieve a greater quality of life for the rapidly growing aging population. Compared to current methods using neuroimaging as biomarkers, this method of measuring can be easily set up in clinics. It's non-invasive, fast, and affordable. Also, reliably predicting the risk of cognitive decline in an individual is new. Our older participants will soon be able to have a better version of brainwave tests here at the University of Kentucky. The clinical and translation work of this study was a team science effort with multiple investigators from the University of Kentucky's Sanders-Brown Center on Aging, serving as co-authors, including Aaron Abner, Richard Criscio, Greg Zika, Fred Schmidt, Charles Smith, and collaborators from the Oak Ridge National Laboratory, University of Tennessee, and the Institute of Psychology in Beijing, China. This project was brought to SBCOA by scientists at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory, co-author Nancy Monroe, to David Westkine and Drs. William Marksberry and Charles Smith nearly 15 years ago with funding from the Department of Energy. The research team received funding from the National Institutes of Health in recent years to expand this work in large-scale and diverse populations. Jiang says their longitudinal study underscores the importance of having a successful Alzheimer's research center at the University of Kentucky. Linda Van Eldik, director of the Sanders-Brown Center on Aging, said this further emphasizes the long-standing national and international reputation of the UK's Sanders-Brown Center on Aging. The Alzheimer's Disease Facts and Figures Special Report, Offers this on why you should get tested if you notice any of the 10 warning signs of Alzheimer's disease in yourself or someone you know. You should schedule an appointment with your doctor, as an early diagnosis of Alzheimer's provides a range of benefits for the individuals who are diagnosed. There are medical benefits, emotional and social benefits, more time to plan for the future, and cost savings. Some of the medical benefits begin with first signs. Getting checked by your doctor can help determine if the symptoms you are experiencing are truly due to Alzheimer's or some other, perhaps even treatable, condition. If Alzheimer's is the cause, an early diagnosis allows you access to treatments. While current medications do not prevent, stop, or reverse Alzheimer's, they can help lessen the symptoms, such as memory loss and confusion, for a limited time. An early Alzheimer's diagnosis provides you with a better chance of benefiting from treatment. An opportunity to participate in clinical trials. An early diagnosis makes individuals eligible for a wider variety of clinical trials, Which advance research and may provide medical benefits. A comment from Jay Smith If we could have had a correct diagnosis for my wife even two years earlier, it would have given us more time to plan and to accomplish things that we always wanted to do. An early diagnosis offers a chance to prioritize your health. Some lifestyle changes, such as controlling blood pressure, stopping smoking, Participating in exercise and staying mentally and socially active may help preserve cognitive function. Emotional and social benefits. Receiving an early Alzheimer's diagnosis may help lessen anxieties about why you are experiencing symptoms. You and your family also have the opportunity to maximize your time together and access resources and support programs. More time to plan for the future. Map out your plan to approach Alzheimer's with Alzheimer's Navigator, an online tool that helps individuals living with Alzheimer's, their families, and caregivers create a customized action plan to proactively face the disease. Do you know who you would want to make decisions for you in the event you're no longer able to? An earlier diagnosis also allows you to be open with your family and support network about what you want during each stage of the disease. This can give you peace of mind, reduce the burden on family members, and prevent disagreements. Planning ahead allows you to express your wishes about legal, financial, and end-of-life decisions. You and your family will be able to review and update legal documents, discuss finances and property, and identify your care preferences. You can also address potential safety issues, such as driving or wandering, ahead of time. Cost Savings Early diagnosis saves costs of medical and long-term care for both families and the U.S. government. Among all Americans alive today, if those who will get Alzheimer's disease were diagnosed when they had mild cognitive impairment before dementia, It would collectively save between 7 and $8 trillion in health and long-term care costs. And the National Institute on Aging offers this about participating in Alzheimer's disease research. This is an exciting time for Alzheimer's disease and related dementias clinical research. Thanks to advances in our understanding of this brain disorder, and powerful new tools for seeing and diagnosing it in people, scientists are making great strides in identifying potential new ways to diagnose, treat, and even prevent Alzheimer's. These advances are possible because thousands of people have participated in Alzheimer's clinical trials and other studies to learn more about the disease and test treatments. We know what we know because of them. When you choose to participate in research, you become a partner in scientific discovery. Your contribution can help future generations lead healthier lives. Major medical breakthroughs could not happen without the generosity of clinical trial participants, young and old. You can find more about the 10 warning signs of Alzheimer's at the Alzheimer's Association website. And Alzheimer's disease does not respect gender, career, family relationships, or social status. Those in my life who have suffered from the disease include a divorced fellow teacher my age, a physician who had a profound impact on my life, and the second wife of a man who had lost his first wife to cancer. Most recently, an amazing couple. As his dementia progressed, she was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. Unable to care for him, a long-term care facility where he succumbed to COVID was the only option. Shortly thereafter, she passed away as well. We all have stories and few have happy endings. Let's hope the good news we are hearing today leads to the success we need to defeat Alzheimer's. Thanks for listening, and until next week, I'm Kathy Vanskoik.